Can the Baltimore Ravens crush the Jacksonville Jaguars number one seed hopes in the AFC in week 15? We talk about that and so much more coming up next on this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming at you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you so much for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen. Each and every day, we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks here on this crossover Thursday. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code lowercase locked on NFL for a first boss match up to $100. We are a five day week Ravens podcast plus more after every Ravens game. We do live streams plus after every Ravens big piece of news, we do live streams as well. Five days a week though is our regular show Monday through Friday, right around 6 a.m. Eastern time. The shows come out in video form and in audio forms. You're not missing out any which way. If you want to watch one day, listen to today, we have you covered. Tell a friend, tell a family member to get the best Ravens news analysis updates and so much more here. We built a lot of great communities on Twitter, social media, and obviously video form and audio form here as well. We have a lot to talk about here today, though. It's crossover Thursday, which means Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars will be joining us to talk about the Ravens' Week 15 matchup between the Ravens and the Jaguars' big implications for both teams. This is a really important game. Some would argue maybe more important than the San Francisco game based off the fact that the Jaguars are an AFC opponent still vying for the top seed. So without any further ado, let's now get into our conversation with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. My brother, Kevin O'Striker. One of the coldest dudes in this business, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. This one's one I look forward to every year, Tony. We've done it the past couple. And uh, I know last year here in Baltimore, we look back on that Jacksonville game. It's like, man, that was a good game, first of all. But I think that this year it's an exciting one, especially because with Lamar, with Trevor Lawrence in there, there are a bunch of storylines we'll get into it, but I'm always happy to talk with you. It's always a blast to do it. Absolutely, man. And and just a little behind the scenes, it's almost funny. I got to mention Kevin Host locked on NFL on Mondays, correct? And yes. I, I used to be on Tuesdays, but now I'm on Fridays with uh, David Harrison. Every time something good for the Jaguars happened, Kevin calls me. Kevin hits me up and like, man, can I get you off of locked on? And it's always me having something to do or me not being around a microphone or me not being around a computer or me being stuck in track. There's always a reason why Kevin can't get a hold of me. And, uh, you know, your boy Q had that problem once and uh we kind of solved it and fixed it. I gotta fix it to be more available for my dog, man. No, you know, it's crazy because those episodes, you know, you, you get like you got like three or four, maybe even five storylines that happen. And for look, Jacksonville's a good team, right? So you yeah. want to get the best teams on there. And whenever Tony's available, man, I always gotta make sure that I get him on because hey, Jacksonville's exciting. They they got a bunch of talented playmakers, and you want to highlight those good teams, and hey. You do a pretty good job covering the Jaguars, Tony. So it, it makes it a little easier for me to get that Jaguars coverage from you. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Well, speaking of talented teams and storylines, let's get into the biggest storylines of the game this weekend. Obviously, for the Jacksonville, it's a two-game losing streak. They're eight and five. They were eight and three two weeks ago. 
with the chance to uh, uh, be in, in control of their own destiny for the playoffs. They're not playing well, Kevin. They hadn't really played well up to that point. We just thought, okay, if they just ever get back on track, if they play a clean, complete game, they'll be really, really good. So we all thought, you know, a sign of a good team is you're not even playing your best and you're winning. Well, <laughs> that not playing your best stuff has kind of caught up to them in the last two weeks against opponents from your division who had backup quarterbacks. In fact, Cleveland had a backup to the backup to the backup to the backup quarterback in the game, and he looked like he was ready to be MVP. And so did the kid in Cincinnati. We obviously have a real MVP that's coming in here this weekend. The Jaguars just have to clean it up, man. Win or lose, you obviously want them to win. But for the most part, we want them to clean the football up and not make the same amateurs mistakes that they've been making. And Doug Peterson last week said a lot of those mistakes are things that you do in week one or week two or right out of the preseason. You don't do it at this juncture. So that's where we are. We just want to play clean. Tell me about the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they're fighting for that one seed. I mean, they're in it right now. Their sole possession. It feels like here, Tony, the Ravens had the bye in week 13 and pretty much everything they needed to happen happened in that week and then you go to week 14 pretty much the same thing they beat the rams and you talk about you know good teams win games they're not supposed to or that they kind of slop up a little bit well that ravens rams game last week was a slobber knocker you know one of those where it was expected to be you know bad weather low scoring game but you got the matthew stafford lamar jackson duel and then you know the play heard around the world with Tyler wallace on that punt return overtime touchdown but in baltimore i think when you talk about storylines i mean the storyline in Baltimore over the past four years has been how injured they've been. And every team goes through injuries. I'm not trying to use it as an excuse where it's only the Ravens. It's only, it's not, but they've been relatively all things considered healthy when it comes to not losing guys for the season. They've had Marlon Humphrey miss two stints. Marcus Williams has gone out two times. Ronnie Stanley's missed some time, but they've all come back within a couple weeks or a month. The only guys they've lost for the season who are significant are J.K. Dobbins in week one. Mark Andrews, who we're still, it's kind of a vague timeline. We don't know if he'll be back by the playoffs, not coming back for this game. Jackson was not to worry about him. Right. But then other than that, I mean, David Ajabo, if you want to classify him as that, but then there's no one else in the injury report for the Ravens on Wednesday, Tony. I mean, it's something that it's, it's rare to see this where four guys were on the injury report due to injuries. Two of them practiced in full. Odell was a rest guy, so I'm not necessarily counting him. He was limited. The only guy I really have to think about for this game is Kyle Hamilton, who got injured last week with his knee. It was a sprained MCL, so we might see him. We might not. But health is a big storyline in all of sports, right? You want to be as healthy as you can, and whenever you lose somebody, it lowers your floor and it lowers your ceiling. And for Baltimore, we've seen these past two seasons, Lamar Jackson goes down, and he essentially is the team. Lamar is the heartbeat of the Ravens. And so him being healthy, the offense for the most part being healthy and the defense too, it helps them out, not to mention the fact their defense is on track to be one of the best in this franchise's history. The offense has put up 30 points in six of the last seven games. So they're not hitting on all cylinders right now. There are still some inconsistencies, but it helps when you have your guys out there and the Ravens have most of them. So wait a minute, let me clear something up because I know – the Ravens have won two Super Bowls, and both times they won it, they had real good defenses. You mean to tell me this year's defense is being whispered as being a defense that is as good as those defenses? Yeah, the two. I don't know if they're up to the 2000 Ravens. I think that one's going to have its own place in history. But 
this defense right now, I mean, they have the best pass defense in the NFL in terms of yards per attempt right now, where they have given up just 4.4 yards per attempt. Now the run defense has been a little more iffy. They're at like 20, 21 right now in terms of yards per attempt, but it's a little skewed because they've had some really, really bad games against the run and then some really, really good games. So I kind of chalk it up to being in the middle, but they have just amount of beat games, one of the best interior defensive linemen with 11 sacks this year. Brandon Stevens has stepped up. They're getting all these guys who are stepping up. Like they signed Jadavian Clowney like two weeks before the season starts. They signed Cal Noy was on his couch at the start of the season. Signs in week three. Both those guys have been awesome. So I'm not sure if they're up to the 2000 Ravens level, but but they're certainly going to probably be a top five defense in the franchise history when it's all said and done. All right. With that being said, we are both going to get to the biggest matchups. I got a feeling that the words Trevor Lawrence and the words Lamar Jackson will be mentioned in that segment. We're going to get to that in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Ravens crossover. First, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And during the holidays, everybody has different gift-giving policies, right? Sometimes families exchange gifts, cars, they go on vacations, Obviously, there are plenty of holiday experiences or you could donate. And obviously, whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments or treating yourself to a day of complete rest. Remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. And therapy has a ton of great benefits, such as learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It can also empower you to become the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for everyone. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's going to be flexible, convenient, and suitable to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Locked on Jaguars, Locked on Ravens. Kevin O'Striker, Tony Wiggins. Kevin, give us what you think your biggest matchups for this game is going to be. Well, I, I mentioned the run defense for the Ravens, and, and we know who that running back is on the Jacksonville side. We know he's a pretty good one over there in, in Travis Etienne, and I'm, I'm excited to see him. He, he's electric, and it starts for me, you know, Travis Etienne versus the Ravens rushing defense, but in the trenches too. I mean, the Ravens defensive line versus the Jaguars offensive line. I know that there have been some inconsistencies, I'll call them, <laughs> the Jacksonville offensive line this year. Baltimore's defensive line has been a physical bunch. I talked about Metabike, Clowney, Van Noy, et cetera. Michael Pierce is a big guy in the middle that you got to account for. So it starts in the trenches. If Travis Etienne doesn't have rushing lanes to run through, it's going to be a lot harder for him, despite how electric he is, to go and get some yards. So I, I chalk it up, Tony, to for an offense and a defense. It starts with your offensive line or your defensive line in those trenches. And for Baltimore, their defensive line is one of the strengths of the unit this year. And for Jacksonville, I know their offensive line has had some issues. Yeah, you saw me sitting here shaking my big fat head, man, because when you start mentioning all of these dudes and then you talk about, what do you say, mid or BK, you're talking about people that are getting sacks from defensive tackle positions. And you mentioned Clowney and Van Noy, two names that Jaguar fans were screaming and clamoring for the GM here, Trent Baalke, to maybe go and get them and add them to our team. I say our team, I mean the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm sure the fans here don't like that at all. 
Uh, did you mention the Jomo? Is he is that that's the kid that they drafted from Michigan? Yeah, the Michigan. He, he he tore his, he partially tore the ACL. He's done for the season, but they mm. have guys. Altavius Robinson they drafted this year, much bigger role. He's he's been good too. They get everybody stepping up. Everybody on the defensive line. Next man up, I guess, is what they call it. And then you say they stop. You know, they don't have the stats against the run, but the defensive line is very good. And then they're they're really good against the pass. So let me tell you what my big matchup is. My big matchup is the Jaguars offense against all of that stuff you just mentioned, because uh, that has been a big problem for the Jaguars. Now they've scored 31 and 27 points the last two weeks, but it still wasn't good enough to win. And it also wasn't clean because they turned the ball over. Uh, at least this past weekend, they turned the ball over uh, four times. They fumbled it and Trevor threw three interceptions. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of debate as to whose fault those interceptions. It doesn't matter to me whose fault they were. Whatever it is, whatever it is, there's in week 13 and guys are having mis, uh, miscommunication and communication issues. So that uh, that in of itself is a real, real big problem, considering that, you know, you guys are good where we're bad. And the offensive line is patchwork right now. And even with the guys that they had who were the starters, that was still a big question mark. So uh, before I get a headache, let me go and try to talk about something different and bring up Lamar Jackson, because I'm sure you'll tell me that he is. You don't hear anybody saying now whether or not he's worth two hundred fifty million dollars, do you? That's right. That's right. He, right. He's been. I mean, it's another MVP type season for him. Is he going to win the award? I don't know, but he's in the conversation for it absolutely and he should be to me that's that's where it starts and stops because the jaguars uh last the last couple of weeks especially have had problems getting people off the field on third down uh they've also uh had a problem with guys dinking and dunking and getting first downs and prolonging drives and leaving the offense on the field so long that the, uh, the defense on the field so long that the offense seems to play it seems like they chase plays. And even Doug Peterson mentioned that today, that, you know, no matter what the situation, you can't have guys chasing plays. You just got to know who you are. But that desperation comes from the fact that if they feel like they got to go pedal to the floor to keep up with people and score points, that's exactly what they're going to try to do. And that's exactly what they can't do, because when they get out of outside of themselves and try to play too much beyond the X's and O's, they get in trouble. And they're just not good enough to be able to do that across the board. So, it's still all about Lamar Jackson. It's about giving your, your offense a chance. It's about making sure he doesn't dominate the game to the point where you have to lose your identity trying to keep up with him. Because if that, what I'm going to like it to, liken it to is this. You, you've seen guys running track, track and field before. Where if you're losing, the guy that's winning always looks like he's just running, just taking breaths and he, he's running. The guy that's behind him is, is doing this. And that's usually when he pulls a hamstring, right? And that's what the Jaguars, they pull hamstrings in games. Like, not literally, but figuratively, that's what they do because they're trying to keep up with the other team. They just can't seem to make everything work together. It's either this week, it's that, and then they fix this, and then boom, a pipe busts in the other room, and it's that. So that, to me, is the key. It starts and stops with Lamar Jackson, and you can try to scheme through everything else. Yeah, and I think the thing with Lamar in this offense this year, Tony, is they obviously go from Greg Roman to Todd Monk in his new system. They bring in weapons around him. Something we for years was go get Lamar Jackson some weapons. Go get him people that you know that he can trust and he can throw to out, you know, guys not named Des Bryant or Willie Sneed or Seth Roberts. No disrespect, obviously, to any of those guys, but they're not an Odell. They're not a Zay Flowers, and they, they did a good job this offseason of kind of saying, you know what, we're just going to go all in. They even bring in Nelson Aguilar, who has been a 
great veteran for him. I think he's exceeded a ton of expectations, but he looks more poised. He looks more confident. I think the belief that Todd Munkin has instilled in him, I mean, he didn't have that connection with Greg Roman. You could tell there was always a bit of a tension point between Greg Roman and Lamar and that Lamar didn't feel like he was being used to the best of his ability. Well, it seems like he is now, and it seems like he is benefiting and the Ravens are benefiting from that chance that they took on a guy who come out of Louisville in 2018. We heard all those narratives that were not true in the first place about him not being able to throw the ball. And he has gone out there and he has delivered. He's top seven in completion percentage this year. While the deep ball hasn't been great for him, he's still, he's making throws when it matters. And he orchestrated a 13 play 75 yard go ahead touchdown drive in three minutes and 25 seconds against the Rams to have, have them take the lead. You know, and everything and more. And that to me, I think is really impressive, especially when considering there were some questions about, you know, how is he going to play? What is he going to do? He's improved every single season. While it doesn't necessarily show with passing yards or passing touchdowns, there's context to that. And the fact is the Ravens are still a run heavy team. Lamar's still getting his though. Let me ask you this. If this is a correct analogy, I'm going to tell you a story. Michael Jackson wanted, this is when he, Michael Jackson obviously was still living. He wanted to do a record. And he wanted to he wanted Pharrell, great producer from the Neptunes, to do it. Pharrell took a whole album in there, Michael, and he it, it sounded like Michael Jackson stuff, like what he thought Michael Jackson wanted to do. Turns out it was the most of the album that Justin Timberlake, his debut album. That's what it was. It was those songs that everybody liked that they said it sounds like something Michael Jackson could have done. Michael Jackson didn't like it. In, in fact, he said, I don't want that blank with the it rhymes with it. He said, I don't want that. I want this other stuff. Did did Greg Roman try to design an offense that he thought was tailor-made to fit Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson was like, no, I don't want to do that. Let's do this other stuff. Because it seems like Todd Munkin has pushed the right buttons and Lamar is is proving that he was right and Greg Roman was wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, I th- with Greg Roman, I mean, he's a, he's a historic rushing offense architect. I mean, that's what he does. He designs the rushing offenses and it worked. I mean, 2019 was historic. I mean, they broke so many records i couldn't even list them all off the top of my head but lamar has been vocal and as he should be that look he's a quarterback he, he wants to throw would you rather run or throw he'd rather throw he's been very vocal about it and as he should be because he can run the ball but he's obviously a very good thrower of the football too so part of it was the receivers weren't running the same routes the receivers are running into each other on the field because mm-hmm. the spacing was so bad but in this offense, things are more free. They're playing spread offense more. And what that does is it has to, defenses have to respect it because the trio of Rashad Bateman and Odell and Zay Flowers, that's a deadly route running trio. And it opens up space for Lamar to hit guys in the middle of the field, hit guys on the boundary too. He's good at both of them. And so I think that with Greg Roman, there just wasn't growth. I think that he tried to do the same stuff over and over again. There wasn't as much growth in the passing game as needed. So they didn't bring in Todd Munkin to tear down everything and build the back up from scratch. They kept a lot of what Greg Roman did in the run game, but he just wasn't the guy that Lamar needed to fully be able to unlock him from a passing ability, which we Ravens fans, if he had left in the offseason and gone somewhere else, people would have been so mad, not for mm-hmm. many reasons, but one of them, because we would have never been able to see him in a non-Greg Roman offense outside of morning morning wag back during the second half of his rookie year. So at this point, I mean, even Todd Monk and he input from the players, you see a play on social media, you want to run it. Hey, bring it to me. Let's see what we can do with it. Todd Munkin is, is he's open about everything. Lamar has been open about, Hey, you know, I've said like, Hey, should we try this? Should we try that? Todd Monk and he, he, 
in this day and age, I think the coaching style across the league has changed to have a lot more player type coaches, you know, guys you'll go to war for guys you'll go to bat for John Harbaugh. Certainly one. I think Todd Monk's another, I think it's benefited the entire team, not only Lamar. All right. We're going to talk about what leads to a win. I think it'll go right with the biggest matchups. We're going to do that just a second here on the crossover edition, but locked on is lots launched the first ever national sports two, four, seven, streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering top sports stories of the day with local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel segment three here on crossover with locked on ravens and locked on jags locked on jaguars will be right here in just a second First, this show is sponsored by FanDuel. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use as a wide range of betting options over there that includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and a lot more. So for this week 15 game, the Ravens and Jaguars matching up. Maybe you're looking at the quarterback battle. Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, maybe you want to take the over on touchdown passes for both those guys. Maybe for Calvin Ridley and Odo Beckham Jr., anytime touchdown scorer. Or, hey, maybe, maybe you want to go defense. Maybe each team holds the other under their projected total. So many things to bet on over at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, third and final segment here on the crossover with Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens. And me, Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked On Jaguars. Big game this weekend. The Jaguars are still, it's two division winners on Sunday night, so I'm sure the brass is happy about that. Um, it'd be nice to see my Jaguars play their best game they played in a while. I actually think they're going to do that. I, I think they, they've been a little bit embarrassed. They've had to look in the mirror a little bit. And I think they're really going to come out and give a better effort. they got some guys coming back that have been banged up. I still think the Ravens are just too good of a team, uh, especially when uh, we look at what leads to a win for Jacksonville. What will lead to a win for Jacksonville is they get back to their turnover-creating ways. They got three last week against uh, Cleveland. Didn't matter much because they gave up four themselves. So clean themselves up offensively, turn, uh, get some more turnovers defensively, and just make sure that they're present and they're not – overthinking things that they're very very present and they're right there they don't let bad plays continue to haunt them they don't let things build up and i actually think the jaguars are going to be really really super super competitive in this game but it'll come down to me with those trenches that you talked about man and i just don't think that's something that you can sugarcoat i don't think it's something that you can overcome when you can't block people and you can't uh you can't get around them i think our defensive line will do pretty good um as long as they contain with Lamar, I'm just so concerned about when our, our offense is on the field. Can they block and can they maintain and, and push people around? Because you can't beat what you can't block. I I think ultimately that's one of what's going to be the difference in the game, and that's why I don't think the Jaguars are going to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, this is the Ravens. I mentioned they're a good rushing offense. They're the second best rushing offense in the league right now. Now, Jacksonville's defense rushing-wise, they're the 11th best rushing defense in the league but then you look at the offense for Jacksonville they're 30th and for Baltimore I think that again in the trenches offensively defensively that's where I think they're gonna have to step it up and in terms of how the Ravens have to win this game 
if, if they get out to a fast lead, you know, that they, they get out to like a 14, nothing, 10 to three is always kind of what I say there, maybe 10, nothing, 14 to three. You have Jacksonville playing from behind. And I would hope that the Ravens will be able to maintain that lead with the way their defense has been able to play. Also in the red zone, we saw it last week against the Rams for the Ravens, where the Rams pretty much ran the ball down the Ravens throat. That first drive got to the 10 yard line. And then all of a sudden, the Rams throw it three straight times to kick a field goal. And what I, what I mean by that is it's bend, don't break for the Ravens. They'll let you have – they don't let offenses beat them deep. They rarely show looks where defenses can get behind them like that. They say take the short stuff, take the intermediate stuff. You can get down to our 30, get down to our 20, and then we're going to lock you up and make you kick a field goal. And they feel confident enough in their offense where if the defense can hold the opposing offense to three points or no points in every single drive – they can win every single game. So the Ravens in the red zone, they're the second best. Well, they're tied for the second best red zone defense in the league right now. They've allowed conversions on 40.5% of those. So to me, I think that if you can stop Jacksonville, force them to kick field goals to Brandon McManus and kind of go from there, I think that you have a pretty good shot for Baltimore to win the game. But this is a prime time matchup. It's in Jacksonville. I know the Jacksonville fans are going to be, I mean, Baltimore fans are excited for it too. But you go into a hostile environment. Can you continue your strengths and can you eliminate your weaknesses? I mean, that's for every team. I think that Baltimore has a good shot here, but you can't just, you know, say, oh, we're going to go into Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is on the ankle. They have no Christian Kirk. We're going to win this game. Jacksonville's going to play for it. They know what they have to play for. So I know sometimes Baltimore has the ability to play up and down the competition, as all teams do, but I think it's going to be a, a good game regardless. I do too. So let me go ahead and give you a score prediction. It's going to include a lot of field goals because both of these kickers can kick it from a mile away, right? And and, and Justin Tucker still the goat to me. I know the kid in Dallas is breathing down his throat and and these other dudes. I thought it was a kid in Cincinnati that was going to be the heir apparent. He's the the goat is still hanging in there to me. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of field goals. I'm going to go 26-23 Baltimore. I think. Yeah, going to be close to me. I'll say I'm, – I'm, I'll go a little more high score. I'll say 30, mm, 32 to 28 Ravens I'll mm. go. One possession game, late touchdown drive maybe from Lamar or a big turn. It might honestly come down to the team that holds the ball last. It could be who gets the last turnover, who gets the big momentum-changing play. I expect it to be a close game. These are two of the best teams in the AFC just because Jacksonville's been on a little losing streak. I don't want to discount them too much here. They still got to where they got to because of a lot of plays. You mentioned some guys coming back for Jacksonville too. So I expect a close hard-fought game, but with the way the Ravens are playing, it's hard for me to pick against them. So I'll, I'll still go Baltimore, but by four points. Yeah, from an injury standpoint, both Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland did practice today. So we'll see what effect that has on the game tony's so great and he, he gives great jaguars insight too it's always fun chopping it up with him talking football the ravens this is a big game it's an afc conference game if they lose it, it'd be a big loss for them if they win it puts them in a really really good position heading into a big san francisco matchup and a big miami matchup as well but that's all i have for you here today on locked on ravens thank you so much for tuning in today let me get back here tomorrow we'll be rounding out the week with more ravens content so we should have stayed with us. i'll see you right back here tomorrow on locked on ravens